Some days, no matter how much coffee you consume, it's a struggle to keep your eyes open. But that same night, you crash hard just to find yourself wide awake at 3 a.m. No kidding. I used to spend a lot of time and emotional energy being frustrated about not being able to sleep, but now I just get shit done. Right? I mean, we're not sleep experts, just entrepreneurs who use every waking moment. The Speakeasy Podcast, real talk about leadership and sanity in the creative industry. I'm Karen Steffel. And I'm Jen Estel. Managing creativity and business, we probably have an opinion on that. No prohibitions. Clearly, we have cocktails. Cleverly named the siesta cocktail because I could use a siesta every now and then. No kidding. Uh, in, in fact, and as I told you earlier, that um, I woke up at three and three o'clock in the morning today, and I was up from three until probably seven twenty when I took a twenty-minute nap to get back at it. So this is the most perfectly timed episode ever. I too have been up at about three or four in the morning for a couple hours for the last two or three nights. So I feel you. Oh my gosh, we have to figure out what to do. But in the meantime, siesta cocktail. Mm, so this is me. so so good. It's tequila, Campari, grapefruit juice, lime juice, simple syrup. So good. And then a garnish with grapefruit, lemon, or lime. All the choices in the citrus. But tequila and grapefruit. And Campari. Oh, so so delicious. You guys should check this one out for sure. Yeah, it's, and it's easy. It's like a really grown-up margarita. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth your, definitely worth your time. Yes, absolutely. Um, so this is just a fun thing. Th- it's a fun topic based on a real problem that we have. You know, I have long admitted that I'm not a sleeper. Um, there's many nights during the week from either two to four or three to five that I'm awake. And I used to keep back in the analog days, I would keep, you know, the notepad next to my, you know, nightstand and I could scribble down the things that I needed to get out of my head so that I wouldn't forget them in the morning. But now with our smartphones, likely on our nightstand, uh, that has changed a little bit. But what what do you dread when you wake up in the middle of the night now? You know, you know, it's funny. I do and I don't. So I have this aura ring. It's a ring that tracks your sleep cycles and your heartbeat and all this nonsense. And so um, two things have happened. Number one, it's actual data and proof that I didn't sleep well. So getting up and looking at my sleep cycles and seeing where I was awake all night, I can show my husband, see, see, see how I didn't sleep. But then it also (laughs) makes me want to win and figure out how to be able to sleep. But then it also makes me feel like I'm wasting my time if when I'm awake, I'm not doing something useful. So I don't know if it's good or bad, but I'm fairly obsessed with my sleep schedule these days. Yeah, I, you know, I've had a, uh, you know, an Apple watch for enough time and a Fitbit before that to know that I don't sleep. I don't don't need to show anybody my rings or my (laughs) track or my graphs. It's like, I love the proof. Tell me, just like, I can tell you, I know. And, uh, and then, and then when I do get like a, congratulations, you met your sleep goal. I'm like, (laughs) how did that happen? I spike the yeah, football. So, um, in the- I think that this, you spike the football. Yeah, I feel like this is sort of a cultural obsession between all of the gadgets that we have that can monitor it for us. But also, well, there's a whole different conversation about what it means about your health and 
stress levels and all that. But what we really want to talk about is the ridiculous things you can do when you are awake, when you've given up on all of the trying to fix the problem. And we have a a somewhat weird list of the things to do when you are awake at three in the morning. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it's been a moment, but I know you and I have spent plenty of times sitting up nursing children. Oh, for sure. Which is very useful. Yeah, it's a useful thing to do. And in the middle of the night, you're definitely going to be awake when you have a small one and doing that breastfeeding thing. But um, it feels like a useful moment in time. Yeah. Right? I would get some reading done. See, but these days, for me, one of three things will wake me up, you know, thunder or something along those lines, whatever else is happening in my life, or my husband who snores. And so the first thing I do is, you know, kick him in the shin to get him to turn over and not snore. But by that time, it's too late. I'm already awake. (laughs) So that's the first thing. Yeah. Punch your significant other and tell them to be quiet. Yeah. Mine's a rib poke. Oh, that's cute. (laughs) Because I have a story that I don't like, like that he might not know where it came from. (laughs) (laughs) And he'll just roll over if I do it gently enough. But hard enough so that he notices. Sorry, Kev. So so then what we're going to say is the only reasons we don't sleep is children and spouses yeah. is pretty much the promise we're going with here. Oh, and business ownership. Oh, oh, that. Whatever. <laughs> so the thing we talked about, <laughs> which is so terrible, is if you're waking in the middle of the night next to your spouse or a significant other, there's always physical activity. Does that put you back to sleep, Karen? No. (laughs) No. Sometimes you just want to get back to sleep. I just want to be asleep alone. Or I want to be awake alone. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, I, well, you said something about like waking up to thunder. And so there have been times where I've, you know, it's hot in the summer. So sometimes the windows aren't open because we have air, but. I'll wake up from thunder and I'll go, ooh, and I'll crank open the window just so I can lay there and listen to the rain and listen to the the distant rumble. And that actually helps. Um, Oh, I love listening to rain. I feel like listening to nature is the best thing to do in the middle of the night. And a rainstorm or a good thunderstorm is just my favorite. Or all the peepers and the tree frogs. Yeah. Or listening to things kill each other. So... I'm pretty sure there's a fox or something hanging in our neighborhood. And you can sometimes, if you're out in the middle of the night, you can watch the nocturnal animals, but you can also hear nature happening. The, the circle of life. Yes. The screeching yeah. that happens, there's which nothing, is exciting. Which is nothing worse than a baby, like a a bunny. Oh. It just sounds like such horrible murder. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> the moral of the story here, folks, is... um. Pester your spouse if you want to. If not, thunder or wildlife is a great companion mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. I, I remember once I um, got, you know, I, we both love being in our yards, but I had gotten into some really nasty poison ivy and I had gotten a prednisone shot that day, kind of in the morning. And it was an early morning appointment at urgent care. And they said, we'll also take this orally um, like by about nine or so. And so I assumed that meant PM and not (laughs) AM. And so uh, when I didn't sleep that entire night, I 
finally said, screw it, I'm getting up. And I cleaned, I'm not kidding you, I cleaned baseboards until like from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And my baseboards were amazing. And then I went into work and told the story about how I did it. And I couldn't even stop talking really fast. And then in my head, I was like, Karen, you're talking too fast. You got to slow down. People aren't going to be able to be with you. Oh my God, I can't even be with myself. It was a thing that they still reference. But you had clean baseboards. Yeah. Which is one of those things that you don't get to very often. So this is an excellent use of your time. So hear me out here. It's the middle of the night. You didn't have anything on your schedule. The thing other than sleeping, which clearly isn't going to happen. So getting to one of those activities that you just never do, or that's always last on your list. What a good idea. Yeah, thanks. I I would have been proud if I were you. I was super proud. And I also did not need coffee for a week. Because me on prednisone is not okay. Mental note. Nobody needs me on speed. I think what no, no. are you sure nobody needs you on speed? I mean, <laughs> could that be useful to any of your clients? Let, let's let's have that conversation. No, I think that would be a deficit <laughs> potentially. <laughs> I think one of the things you have to remember to do in the middle of the night is input and output of water because the minute you wake up, you have to you have to go to the bathroom mm-hmm. and your body desperately needs more water. So that's just required yeah. in the middle of the night, I think. Yep. Always with the water bottle on the, on the nightstand. Um, how often do you work on your business in the middle of the night? All the time. My favorite two, it, it will go in two different ways. And I think we sort of talked about these in, in, in two ways. Number one, there's billable hours. You can't tell me you haven't woken up. And all of a sudden there is an idea to solve a client problem. And you think, oh, this is what we need to do for client X. And you want to write it down, but then you start to think on the idea and it just starts to roll. So the next thing you know, you've written a whole creative brief or something. So there's those billable hours because you just don't want to waste them. Sometimes your brain makes really good connections while you're sleeping. And when Mm -hmm. you wake up, you can capture those. But I never hit send. I have learned never to hit send. You just no, wait. No, you just wait. You, you, what is the earliest you could realistically send an email and not look like a jerk? Six, seven, six, six. I think that's about right. I, right. uh, I just wouldn't trust. I mean, as much as, as much as you daylight? think, yes, as much as you <laughs> think your brilliance is coming out, you know, in the dark it's it's worth a second read. Yes. Well, everything we produce for clients is worth a, sec- a second read. And if not just by you, by another human. So 100%, I agree with your counsel there. That's funny. Because I've, I've actually, um, I mean, my kids, my family knows that I sleepwalk. That's exciting. It's, it's so far I haven't left the house. But um, so, yeah. I, I can't be trusted to do actual work in the middle of the night, even when I do. Well, and there's always needing to Google it because somebody might have already had your idea. So, yeah, I think it's a great time to do billable work. I don't think it's a good time to commit to any work, but it's also a really good time to do to work on your business itself mm-hmm. and those boss things that you have to do. I think there are times where, or let's say I have to be up uh, at a ridiculous time to get to a shoot on time. There are times where I'll get up and make sure that some sort of piece of administration gets done before I leave, or um, I've run payroll in the middle of the night. 
I've written my employee manual in the middle of the night. I've edited business plans in the middle of the night. Sure. Come up with schedules in the middle of the night. I, it's a good time to do those things. Or I've written down or I've sent myself an email that says or put a task on my task list that says research. If I could pull this thing off for my employees, you know, some benefit or some like, how yeah. would that happen? Yeah. Well, and I think the point that we're getting to here, and really probably this is the meat of of the episode for our listeners, when you are in a leadership position or an entrepreneurship position, you have too many things to do and that will never go away. You can manage it very well, but your brain is always going to be full of ideas, things to do, and there's just not enough time to get them all done unless you're excellent at delegation. So if you end up with a spare hour in the middle of the night, how great is that? Yeah, get it all finished. Hopefully you're not going to get interrupted. Yeah, and then there's prednisone to keep you awake. <laughs> I, do, I do not recommend. <laughs> okay, so what have we got? We've, you know, punch or poke your significant other. Yeah. Um, water. Listen to the rain. Listen to nature. You've cleaned baseboards. Ooh, daydream. Tell Ooh. me about imagining in the middle of the night. So sometimes I'll daydream about, you know, sometimes it's about looking forward to the season we're going into, you know, so what's my, what would be my family's bucket list for the next season or what would be our next vacation or, um, what's a, what's a place nearby that would blow my kids' minds, you know, like it's that kind of stuff. And, um, or how could we incorporate our next trip to see family to also do X? Like what else is there? So I love daydreaming. And sometimes I'll even daydream back to places I have been and kind of go to my happy place. And that's actually very comforting. It's usually the Caribbean. Ooh, that, that, that last bit there is probably what allows your body to go back to sleep. But I love, I love this idea because as full as your brain can be in the middle of the night, again, there's not a lot on your to-do list, so you can really make the space to day- daydream or plan mm-hmm. and make crisper decisions with less clutter getting in the way of the decision-making process. Mm-hmm. So I sort of think those daydreams are useful for really, truly jump-starting the plan, which is kind of neat. Absolutely. And then I think it's kind of adjacent to daydreaming, I meditate. And so um, I'm a big fan of the Calm app and um, I use it almost daily in some form, whether I listen to the 10 minute thing on the way to work or whether I listen to it to help me get back to sleep. Sometimes my kids will use it to listen to the kids' stories. I, I find it really helpful and useful. See, I need to take a page from your book because I'm terrible at meditation. I try it, I get really impatient and I haven't buckled down to practice and get good at it. And I don't have an app. I'm more likely to make an anxiety list of all the things that are undone or stressful and list them in nice little categories, which is quite soothing to me and probably a little over the top. (laughs) But rather than meditating, I like to get all the things out of my brain in sort of a rapid fire list the way you would do with brainstorming. Yeah. You know, trying to come up with an idea. Well, Just as quick as they come to you, write them down and see what you got. Well, because then they're out of your head and you won't forget because they're written down or they're documented somehow. And and then you can kind of let go of the control over those things or feel like you can let go of the responsibility for the moment for those things. There you go. And maybe go back to sleep. 
Do you read? Reading is the last thing I know I do because I know it'll put me back to sleep. And deep down, I I like the extra time. Um, I I don't usually read for pleasure. Um, I might catch up on a reading list, like a blog that I had tagged to set aside. But I don't usually pick up a book because I don't I don't want to turn a light on because I don't I, mm. I want I want my melatonin to work for me. <laughs> I want to stay in the dark. That's funny. I yeah. See, I feel like the more I say I want to go back to sleep, the harder it is to go back to sleep, which I need to work on. Um, you know what you you know what I like to read at night is the news or Twitter because the middle of the night here is not the middle of the night in Europe and Asia. So like Al Jazeera is a really good thing to check up on because the time difference or the BBC is a really good thing to check up on. So I really love reading news from overseas in the middle of the night, which sounds super nerdy. No, it doesn't sound nerdy at all. Cause that's usually, if I'm going to check on anything, it's usually news. Not Twitter's not always my first go for news, uh, because especially in the middle of the night, because it, um, tends to fire me up. Um, so I usually go elsewhere, yeah, like directly to-, to the BBC app or directly to the AP app. Yeah, which is true. And, and the firing up relates directly back to the last episode because then you get worried about the world and then you start to cry silent tears in the middle of the night, which is awkward. So which also does not put you back to sleep. Maybe I'll go directly to the BBC app and see how that goes. <laughs> Karen, you're such you're filled with such great advice oh, all the time. I'm filled with bologna sandwiches most of the time. <laughs> and cottage cheese. We learned that in episode one hundred mm. that you like cottage cheese. I do like cottage cheese. It's like I the last dairy cheese. that I'm hanging on to. I ate some cottage cheese the other day, and I thought of you, and I will now think of you every time I eat cottage cheese. Oh, thanks. As, That's real as you love. Should, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> well, I love this list of strange things that we do in the middle of the night. I don't think it's a pile of advice for anybody, but I just want our listeners to know that they're not the only ones who are up in the middle of the night thinking big thoughts. Yeah. Or small thoughts. But what if we all, in the middle of the night, solved one social problem. Ooh. Think about the power we all could have not sleeping. Right? A tiny social problem, a just little injustice, a little inequity. You know, we can't all just take it on, but if we all took it on our little slice, think about what the world could look like. It could look pretty cool, except there might be a snafu with your idea that people shouldn't sleep in order to be able to solve the problems. Well, yeah, that doesn't seem fair. No. But, you know, there's bright sides to everything, even four in the morning. Or or, or said a better way, maybe if we each concentrated on how each of us could share in making the world a better place. and And not just saying, oh, this would be a nice thing to do, but to actually do it. Challenge accepted. Let's do it. Oh my goodness. I love this conversation. I hope I hope our listeners have enjoyed it. And I hope that they enjoy their siesta cocktail before their nap because they were up all night long. Or because the cocktail's gonna put them to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> that true. So Karen, what are some of the characteristics you would use to describe what makes an effective leader? Mm. Honesty, transparency 
vision, humility, self-control, emotional intelligence, moral compass. Do you want me to keep going? No, I think that's good. Um, it's funny though, as you were listing those, all I could picture were the amazing women leaders I'm surrounded by. And while these characteristics can be found in men and women alike, some of these characteristics are more likely to be found in women. So you're saying that in leadership, women might have the edge. 